0: San Diego First Church, so good to be with you again. This is our First Impressions podcast as a part of the Living Lectionary series that we've been going through uh, for the last several months. This is the first year of of a three-year cycle in which we're going through all of the lectionary passages. And in this podcast, we discuss our First Impressions of the text that will be preached on Sunday. And as always, I'm here with Pastor D. Good to be with you. Matt, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me today. <laughs> As always, you are here and invited, and you'll be preaching from this text uh, from First Peter, chapter four, also verse uh, chapter five. And in fact, just to clarify, uh, the the passage in the lectionary is uh, it chops out random some random verses. It's trying to connect thematically. Um some things in First Peter. So the lectionary passage itself will be first Peter 4, 12 through 14, and chapter 5, six through eleven. Now I'm going to read that entire passage, but we're going to be concentrating our conversation around chapter five, six through eleven. With that being said, we'd love to read it for you. This is out of the NRSV version, starting in chapter four verse 12 beloved do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice in so far as you are sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may be also you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed if you are reviled for the name of Christ you are blessed because the spirit of glory which is in the spirit of god is resting on you. Now, we're going to jump to chapter 5 starting in verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god, so that you may ex- you may exalt you so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around you, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support strengthen and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, Pastor D, you're going to be preaching out of this passage in 1 Peter. What are your first impressions of this passage? There
1: are a couple of things that capture my attention right off the bat. Um, One is um, chapter 5, verse 6, where it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, mm-hmm. um, that humbling yourselves, um, I often think of being humbled by things outside of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I stumble and fall. I do something stupid. I make a terrible pass on the basketball court. I um, um, get conned in some kind of online thing that I thought I was going to get a great deal, and mm-hmm. it ended up being a scam. Mm-hmm. And Those kinds of things humble me that I don't have it all figured out that um, I'm not quite as smart as I thought I was. Um, And yet this passage is talking about humbling yourselves, what it means to to recognize your place in God's creation, my place in God's creation and God's supremacy in all things. and it doesn't read what's right before it, but there is a scripture reference out of Proverbs. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Mm. Um, I I wonder if that observation by um, the writer of Proverbs is simply a recognition that it seems that that is woven into the the fabric of creation, mm. that... Pride often leads to a fall. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. An old adage. Yeah, yeah. That those who enter into circumstances that way seem to inevitably um, find themselves humbled from outward um, into the person. But those who inwardly begin to recognize um, the kind of awe of God's creation that we have so much to learn. The more we learn, the more we realize we don't know. Mm. Um, And that there we find grace, grace to hold that um, humbly and in perspective and begin to appreciate that I have much more to learn from you. So I need to listen better, Mm, that kind of posture. So that's one of the things that jumps off the page to me. I'll mention two others, and then I'll hand it off to you to see what you think there. Um, right after that, it talks about um, God lifting us up in due time. He's speaking to a group of people who are suffering yeah. and saying that um, God will lift you up in due time. Um, one more way by which God shows God's sovereignty is through time. Yeah. And um, as much as I would love for difficult things to change immediately even when I see good things happening that look like they're going to move in a good direction, nothing takes place instantaneously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can watch a chemical reaction take place that seems like it's really fast, but certain things are happening that take time. Yeah. And all of that time stuff is, is relative. Um, but some things in life take a lot of time. Yeah. And learning how to trust God in the midst of time is one of the ways by which we um, move to a posture of humility and then the last piece which we can spend more time on in a few moments is that phrase cast your all cast all your anxieties on God
0: hmm
1: we live in a culture of anxiety yeah um, it is it just dominates so many of us and I think this then becomes a very powerful Focus to say what does this mean to cast my anxieties on God? Yeah, it's not saying that we shouldn't get help from those who can help us. Yeah, great counselors, therapists, um, medication sometimes Mm -hmm. becomes an essential part of Mm -hmm. the journey for some people. But I think we miss an important part if we don't recognize that there is a spiritual component to anxiety. Yeah, that is worth thinking about and addressing. Yeah. Anyway, those are the three things that jump off the page to me.
0: And I'd say, um, to piggyback on that, the, that we often think of anxiety as something that's just all up in our head. Mm. And that we don't always consider the embodied nature of, of anxiety. And that, um, we need to go have our body go through the cycle, the the stress uh, cycle to be able to, you know, relieve ourselves of some of that anxiety. Um, so I think I, in casting our our um, anxiety onto God, I don't want to leave behind that God has also created our bodies and that God is calling us to be diligent about how we embody that casting off, that it's not just this prayer of hope that i keep all up in my brain and like silently say into my head um but that we are enacting that um casting off of anxiety when i have anxiety um i need to go exercise i i have to and that's a part of the not just the physiological aspect of that but as a part of saying like god come into this moment like i'm an embodied creature with A body that God created is good. Let me, like, a part of my casting off is moving this body of mine that God has gifted. Um, And so uh, I agree with that. And we do live in a very anxious culture. Um, And there's a spiritual aspect also to our embodied nature of that. Um, I loved your thought about time. I I think that we always think of um, God as like a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that, like, pow, uh, speed equals power. Mm, right? Wow. And, yeah. And really, like. If and that's take, not true. And that's not <laughs> true. Like, speed is not power. Um, sp- speed is speed. Like, it's quick, but it's not always the most powerful. Like, you know, look at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> look at, like, biological evolution. Yeah. Like, these things are beauty and power over time. Yeah. And how important that aspect of. Um, of God's creative nature is that time is a, a hugely important component. Um, and, and so in, in taking that seriousness of God outside of time and that God uses time to God's uh, skill, yeah. then, then we should lean into the timefulness of that. I agree with all of that. I think for me, the one of the things that popped out was this idea of the devil and the devil, I think a lot, at least in my uh, imagination as a kid, was like, was this idea that the devil is this lion that's just looking to devour people? Mm-hmm. Um, and curious that the uh, this Peter here is comparing it to a way that uh, either at the time, if not a few years later the 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 devouring of christians by lions was literally what took place um in many ways of persecution of the, of christians um so that's really fascinating to me uh, 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 uh there might be something there that like the devil's not the devil shows up in some interesting ways and it's not a language that the new testament really like favors a lot right so it's interesting it pops up here mostly at what i'm caught by is the the line resist him steadfast in your your faith for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering the idea of resistance communal resistance to the evil that takes place in the world and that incurs suffering i think is something that we make a lot of the devil we don't make a lot about communal resistance in that how how do we communally resist injustice? how do we communally as Christians communally resist evil in the world? Um, and I think that's really uh, something that i'm I'm kind of holding and thinking about. Wow, what about you? How's that land?
1: Uh, you've challenged me to think about um, that interplay of communal resistance. We certainly have. Scriptural stories and non-scriptural stories, where communal resistance, at least in the moment, didn't end well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then we have what we talk about this God over time piece, that the storyline's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And trying to lean into um, the the coming of the kingdom of God in us and among us, and how we participate in that. I, I think that there is room, when you talk about communal resistance, talking about communal shared anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love the notion you said about um, embodied, uh, our embodied faith. And I think the throw-off or cast-off could lead us Of anxiety in scripture could lead us to a place where um, we live into what is sometimes referred to as name it, claim it kind of (laughs) a thing, where Mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing, I'm claiming I've got the victory kind of thing, and dramatically short circuit what we have to learn from anxiety. Yeah. So if yeah. if we recognize we feel this in our body, it's as if our body is trying to bring to consciousness what we've pushed to the unconscious. Mhm. So we shove down things, fears, apprehensions, uncertainties, unknown yeah. and it then gets shown in our body and to ask our body what are you trying to tell me yeah one of my mantras is let the body speak mm-hmm. and i think that the notion of casting off anxiety if you don't recognize that that's over time yeah then you miss the learning that comes with saying what's the how's the shadow speaking how is it? What's it revealing about me mm. that needs the Holy Spirit to um, restore and heal as opposed to just, again, microwaving, pushing a button, saying the right prayer, casting yeah. it off and feeling like I've left all of that behind only to find out weeks, months, years later that, oh, I really didn't deal with that. Yeah, that's killing me now. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's true, both communally and individually. Yeah, and certainly worth exploring.
0: Yeah, really interesting. And as you're we talking about it, the the paradox here of us casting off our anxieties in all the ways that you've said, uh, beautifully said, and seeking resistance to evil in the world communally and individually, which will incur suffering, which <laughs> yeah gets linked to anxiety because we yeah. don't want to suffer, right. and it's a part of maybe here saying like, yeah. You're going to suffer. Like There's going to be hardships in the world. And there is a God who can hold the wide range of what's going to take place.
1: Yeah. I wish I did a better job while I'm awake of doing what I'm forced to do when I fall asleep at night Mm. and can't fight off sleep any longer. Mm -hmm. I have to surrender to the sleep. Yeah. I wish during the day... I did a better job of surrendering to um, a God who holds my anxiety with me mm. and, and gives me space while awake to rest from my anxiety while I work on it.
0: Mm, love that. Looking forward to hearing more on Sunday.
1: Great. Thanks, Matt.